Now more than ever, it's so important that we foster and develop emotional intelligence. But did you know that needs are closely linked to emotions? And that when we know our needs and the more we fulfill them, the calmer and happier we are? Hashtag 52 Needs is a podcast that provides insights into how we can all make this happen. My name is Angela Heiser. I'm a professional coach and facilitator. And each week a guest joins me to discuss a different human need and how we can all improve and foster our emotional intelligence. So welcome everyone to the first segment that I decided very spontaneously to do this year, which is introducing one person every week to talk about the need of the week. And this week's need is inspiration. Hashtag 52 week two, here we go, inspiration. Now, when I want to be inspired, I, I, there are so many different ways of doing that. I can go to the beach and go and collect shells or just stay out at the ocean. I can read a book. I can do, I can cook. I can do all sorts of stuff. But uh, one of my strengths is actually the appreciation of beauty and excellence. So art has always been important in my life. And that could be performing art as well as visual arts, as moving arts, anything. And I am very, very delighted to have my old friend Sabrina here today. Sabrina Klein, who until recently was the director for artistic literacy at the University of California at Berkeley, and who's had God knows how many roles in theater, in in non, you know, in 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 any, I mean, you would be able to read up on her biography in on her on her website, which I'm inviting you to do. But this woman has a wealth of knowledge around art and how it inspires us. And I'm just, I just wanted Sabrina to share some of her tools and her way of using art as an inspiration with us this week. So welcome, Sabrina. Thanks, Angela. I always love talking with you. How do we, you know, how do you use art as inspiration? Well, it's interesting. I was just listening to you describe this, my expertise, and I realized the only real expertise I have, the thing that pulls me up out of depression or writer's block or anxiety about the world. I mean, I'm living in the United States right now, and the House of Representatives just voted to impeach our president for the second time. So I have lots of need for inspiration to go back and fill the well of joy and creativity because it keeps getting tapped out. And what I have, my only expertise is really, I think the expertise of curiosity, of finding ways to repeak my curiosity and to keep me looking at the world in new ways because otherwise everything starts to look stale. Mm -hmm. My relationships, the same food that I eat, my home environment. And if I don't, if I didn't have this um, deep commitment to being curious about things outside myself, things that are not things I can easily do, I think I would really um, jump into that ocean of depression and probably never come back out. So I would say that's my expertise, having curiosity. And the arts for me, visual art, performing arts, circus arts, literary arts, um, movement, dance, I mean, all of it, puppetry. I don't love all of it equally, mm. but I can find something in all of it to pull me up out of myself. And that's the real inspiration. And the arts are an endlessly replenishable supply for that. There's always something new to look at, something new to listen to. I have to train myself to look for that, to pull myself up out of it. 
but I can always, always find something made by humans about the human experience that's bigger than but connected to me. Mm. And that's, that's my only superpower, I think, um, curiosity. And it's curiosity that drives me to look at different kinds of art, even art that I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna like. It mm. turns out that the least useful thing for inspiration in a work of art is whether you like it or not. Turns yeah. out that you can absolutely hate something. And as you grapple with why you hate it, you get inspired to work towards something that you love. Absolutely. Oh God, and I've I found that works of art and had goosebumps of terror of going, oh my God, this is just dreadful. But it really, as you said, it, it, it got me to look at what did I really like? You know, what, what was it that repulsed me and why? And really, and really got me thinking. And I think that's also the purpose of art to get us into a deeper connection with ourselves and what matters to us and, and also look at the world in a different way. Yeah, and I think the big, one of the multiple big lies that we've been taught is that real important works of art don't belong to all of us. If you don't have a degree in Music Appreciation 101, you can't listen to a piece of classical music and really get it. Um, you can look at a great work and you see something that nobody else has ever articulated seeing and then you're wrong about it. That's not true. Yeah. That's the very first myth I want to bust is that there is only one right way to look at any look at listen to any work of art. Mm. There is only one right way and it's to listen with your heart and to look for the humanity in the work of art. But we and it's so yeah, but we learn in school that there's only one way of looking at it. I mean, I know that I have written essays, you know, where we had to critique a piece of literature or whatever it was be. And the teacher came back and said, no, wrong interpretation. And it's like, what's wrong about that? That's my personal interpretation. So it mattered to me that way. Yeah, no, that didn't work. Failed. Yeah, I mean, there are ways, the more you're informed and the deeper you explore, the yeah. closer you come to understanding an artistic intention. Yeah. If that's what they mean by right, did you get close to what the artist intended? There are ways to do that. You can study that. You can learn the vocabulary. And formalism, any kind of formal study of something helps you see mm. in a way that responds to the work of art and yet, that doesn't mean, even so, that there's one right, right way to see a work of yeah. art. Well, um, since we're on that point, do you want to show us a piece of art and, and walk us through a great way of looking at it? As in, you know, sure. because you've got a unique way of doing it that opens up possibilities rather than closes them down and says, this is how you do it. But let me start with something that, Pete, that some people might not think of as a work of art. I have two different things here. I'm just going to step over here and I'm going to grab one and I'm going to show you this extraordinary drum. And I keep on it the notice of the artist, the Kochiti drum makers. This was a drum that sat on my mom's counter forever and never got used. Right. And I've always loved it. I don't play drums. It's not like I'm a musician. I don't play any musical instrument. <laughs> but there's something about this. First of all, it's beautiful. Mm. The, the earth tones, 
the handcrafting. Yeah. This mallet, which you can see the cut off piece of wood from it, it feels like a piece of tree. Mm -hmm. And it's covered with felt, probably with some cotton batting or something in there. And I tend to start a lot of my meetings with a drum, different kinds of drums, something that is not necessarily of me. Now, if I were of this culture, it would have a different meaning to me. Mm. But instead, I respond to its aesthetics. I respond to the fact that it is from outside my culture, but it calls to me. And so I find it beautiful and I want to explore it. And if I, I often bring this with me and put it in the hands of people and say, what do you hear? What do you see? Mm. What do you think? What do you feel? That's where we start. What do you see? And just deeply observe the colors. Doesn't that kind of look like it could be a continent? Mm. No? And you start thinking about that and where this came from. And then I'm curious about where it did come from and what it means in its culture. I can go and get lost in that and get inspired by it. Mm. And then I just get inspired by drums. Every culture that has ever existed has made drums. Mm -hmm. Percussion is like our heartbeat. And so I get excited about drums. Yes, I, I didn't do. know that. And I remember and my, we had a wonderful drumming workshop together one time. <laughs> yes, for my birthday. That's right. And it took me, that was, that wasn't like I woke up one day and said, oh yes, drums. It took me lots of exploration of different kinds of drums that I found myself attracted to and to start thinking about what is it that attracts me. And then when I realized it was the beat and the timbre, and that's the sound of my heart, and the sound of the rhythm of life. I knew that if I said that to some people, they would think how corny. And I know if I said that to other people, they would say, yes, mm. mine too. Yeah. And so I look for my, my community that way. Mm. So yes. drums matter to me. Right? Yeah. Right? The other thing I have here, this is actually something you gave me. <laughs> actually, you gave my son. The boomerang. Yep. It's um marked as an australian official boomerang um it is a weapon i found out um uh, and used for hunting as well as self-defense i don't never we never did figure out how to use it my son was never very good at it he wasn't very good at frisbees either but this has a place of honor because of its beauty mm. The colors, the lines, there's a sense of movement in it. We know this boomerang is supposed to fly across the air and we can sense that movement in these lines. My son pointed that out to me mm. as we sat and looked at this together and I said, what do you see in that? He saw that. Oh, he was what, eight, 10 at the time. I have not been able to let this go. He would like it back. He's moved out. I will eventually give it to him. But not only does it connect me to him because of the conversations he and I had and connects us to you, who we love because you're part of our family, um, but it connects me to the, pro the conversation we had about flight, about grace, about movement, about how something so simple can be so deadly, mm. how something so beautiful that why would somebody spend so much time making this weapon beautiful? Same reason my father had a carved buck knife, beautifully carved, intricately carved handle. 
we like things of beauty in our life. We do. And I, I mean, you go, you go to museums and they're filled with beautiful weapons. Like yeah. absolutely stunning. It's, and same thing. I look at those and I go, wow, how can you use those to kill? But, you know, beauty. Well, and we don't all. We don't all. We can appreciate the humanity in the design. Yes, absolutely. This is also aerodynamically beautifully designed mm. and tens of thousands of years old design. And I can be pulled into that and curious about a variety of things. What are all the different woods that are used here? Why is it designed this way? I could go ex get lost in an exploration of boomerangs. And in fact, my son did. Mm. Isn't Fortunately, the, isn't I can internet wonderful for that. I do yes. that. I look at something and then I go, who was the artist? What's the background? And I go down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, like and being inspired about finding out more about the culture, about this, about that. And it's it's just wonderful. And boom, internet time. Half an hour later, I go, oh, I just really wanted to look at that. Hmm. But it reminds us of two really, really important things yeah. that we often forget. People make these things. Yes. This is a result of human intentionality mm -hmm. and human choice. Yeah. And that, if I always come back to that for my inspiration. When I look at any work of art, even if it's ugly, even if I don't like it, it's ugly to me. I, I'm not particularly fond of certain kinds of representational art. I can go, yeah, that looks like the thing it's supposed to be, okay. Um, but I'm not moved by it, but I am moved by the fact mm. Person, yeah, made that, chose to make it, chose tools to make it, and learned how to do something outside of their everyday life in order to make that thing. Mm, yeah, and I think that for me, me, that's what I love about art is that I can look at something and I can go, "Oh my God, isn't that amazing?" And the person next to me goes, "Me," and I go, <laughs> "You know, me." And it's just yeah, you can have three people sitting in the front row of a ballet, mm -hmm. Swan Lake, and somebody falls asleep. They're so bored, right? And the person next to them is like, oh, the lights and the costumes and it's fluffy and it's, oh, wow. And they don't even know where to watch, but they're having a fabulous experience Didn't of we the have one physicality. Of I'm pretty sure we had one of yeah. those experiences called Julius Caesar. <laughs> Which you hated and I which I it. loved. I know. <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> and then I think you did fall asleep. <laughs> and then, the, then there's a third person, though, who's not just seeing the spectacle, who's not just trying to tell the story, but who, for whom, for whatever reason, they, they, used to be a dancer. They mm -hmm. danced in Swan Lake. They saw somebody else do Swan Lake when they were a child and it stuck with them. The particular story moves them. Um, the dying swan makes them weep. But I don't know why. I mean, I can tell you why I loved Julius Caesar. Yes. And part of it was and you because... Did. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and part of that is because I have a perspective as a theater person. You have a perspective as a lay person in that relationship. Mm. I was seeing a lot about American politics mm. and American conspiracies in it. So I had a very immediate thing. And you have your worldview, you know, from all the different places you've lived in your life. 
Um, I found the dim light really distracting. Mm -hmm. and right, the and the fact that, that you couldn't always tell who was talking really bothered no, you. Really difficult. I couldn't. I couldn't see the people, and um, that yeah. was that really disturbed me. But me, that heightened the conspiracy and the creepiness. Yeah. Okay, so we can all look at one thing and be completely inspired in a totally different way. We can be yeah. using the well, the, not the repulsion, but the that kind of response to find out something else and it can trigger and it can sponsor a conversation that can then inspire us both and bring us both forward and i know we we've had lots of those conversations so well and we've been really, a long time about that and about julius caesar and conspiracy yeah, and absolutely and lying, all kinds of it things went from two from two it sponsors all sorts of conversations so really what we're saying is be inspired by art, no matter what kind of emotional response you have, use it for your own inspiration, for connection with others. There are so many different ways of using art as inspiration. And it, again, it can be anything, right? It can be anything. And in anything, if you're looking for, open to the human invitation, you can see yourself, even if it's a negative reflection of you, you yeah. can see yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So you look for what speaks to you and you also look for what's universal. Absolutely. Those, those, if you bring that curiosity to any work of art, you will be inspired. And if you do it with somebody else, even more inspiring. Double win. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, Sabrina. Thank you so much. That was just fabulous. I'm really inspired now to go out and look at art and look at even the paintings that I've got hanging in my lounge room. Thank you. And um, yes, and if anybody wants to get in touch with Sabrina, the contact details are down below. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. It's always a pleasure. You've been listening to Hashtag 52 Needs with me, Angela Heiser. These podcasts are not created to provide answers, but to invite you to explore your own needs and discover what works for you. Find out more about my coaching and emotional intelligence programs by following Into Possibilities on Instagram at AngelaHeise.com and at my YouTube channel. And I'd love it if you shared this podcast with your friends, work colleagues and family. And I'll see you next time.